Yes, I know. I now have a theme song. Welcome back to the 32 podcast. I'm your host, Kate. I'm so excited. This podcast just upgraded itself. Um, I paid a small amount of money for this theme song, which coincidentally is named Beatitude, which like you guys, I almost like died when I saw that title. Had to buy it. Had to have it. It wasn't that expensive. Like it's okay. I worked overtime yesterday, so it won't, it won't hurt at all. But, um, welcome back to 32 podcast. I'm so excited you're here. I hope you like the music. I'm working on my fade in fade out right now. It doesn't fade whatsoever. Um, garage band's not easy to like, what's that word maneuver. So if you have tips, tricks, hints on how to do that, please let me know. I tried like a billion things, but like, it's okay for right now. It works, but yeah, TTV has a theme song. So cool. Um, I'm so happy you're here, my beautiful audience. It is January, day of January, is it? 19th. It's Wednesday. The show will be out tomorrow. Every Thursday this year, a show will come out. I know that in previous weeks, the days have been a little bit different and we haven't had an episode on a usual day, but Thursdays are the day. The 32 pod will come out every Thursday of 2022, barring, I don't know, unforeseen circumstances, which like ain't going to be none of that this year. That's all I have to say. Um, in today's episode, we've got a ton of pop culture to catch up on. It's only me today. It's only your girl talking to herself inside her house alone. Typical. I know. Um, we've got so much to talk about, so much to catch up on. I've been on vacation. Actually, I took a vacay with my husband. Wild. We didn't kill each other totally a great thing. We had a great time. Um, and yeah, just pop culture stuff for today. Here's a quick word from our sponsor anchor. We love you. And then we'll get back and spill the tea. So last week, Paul and I went to Colorado for vacation. Yes. It was like a new year's vacation. Almost. It sort of seemed like holiday because a lot of the places were still decorated for Christmas. I don't know if like Ski resorts do that in the winter just because, like, it's more ambiance. I could believe that because there were still Christmas lights up everywhere, but I don't know that they're there all the time. Anyway, we went to Beaver Creek. It was wonderful. We stayed in a area called Bachelor Gulch, which was very nice. Our hotel was great. Apparently, our hotel has, like, a resident dog that lives there with one of the owners, but we never saw the dog. And like all of the like hotel merchandise and part of the marketing is like, oh yes, there's this dog that lives here. I'm like, I want to see this animal. Where is this dog? And it, and they're a dog-friendly hotel. So we kept seeing like a lot of winter dogs. Like we saw an Akita that was one of the most gorgeous dogs I've ever seen. This dog was stunning. And it, I think it looked at me and it like stirred into my soul, stared into my soul. It, this dog was beautiful. Anyway, um, what did we do on vacation other than like sleep and eat? It was kind of an active vacation. We got there on Sunday, which was fun. Flying was fine. We had two flights. Paul got upgraded on one of the flights and gave me the seat, which like, that's so nice. Thank you, husband. Later on in this episode, you'll see what he did after that. Um, we get there. And the time changed two hours from here. So 
we felt like we had like the whole day to do stuff because we got there in the early afternoon, but we were exhausted. And it's probably because we live at sea level and the altitude just freaking killed us. So we like took it easy, you know, had dinner, blah, 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 mountain this, snow that, whatever. The next day, our hotel offers free activities. And one of the activities was snowshoeing. So we went snowshoeing and we were the only two people plus this other lady (laughs) who was also from Florida. Um, And we were all like, we live at sea level, like, please go easy on us. So our guide was like, it's totally fine. It's like not, you know, that labor intensive. We're going to go like up this trail and then turn around and we'll see a good view. Okay. So, excuse me. So we see this, we, no, we start putting our stuff on. We start walking up this hill basically. And it's steep. And about two steps in, I am winded. I'm like, oh God, this probably isn't the altitude, but that's what I'm going to say for the next week while I'm here. Cause the air is thin. And like, I really do live about 10 feet above the ocean. So it's a lot different to breathe when you're 9,000 feet above the ocean, like the air is thinner and all that. And it's cold and I have all these clothes on because never wear snow pants or snow anything, whatever. So we're walking, we're walking, and I'm just getting more winded and winded and winded. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. And our instructor was like, we can take breaks if we want. And I was like, I ran a marathon. This body at one point in time ran a marathon. What happened to that person? But I'm going to still blame the altitude because that's that's exactly what it was. Anyway, we did get what will probably be a picture on our Christmas card from this snowshoeing adventure, which is really great. I love thinking about next year's Christmas card. Actually, well, it's this year's Christmas card. Next Christmas's card in January. Ideally, we would like have professional pictures taken, which my sister-in-law could take them. She's a photographer. But every time I suggest taking pictures, Paul gets very angsty because us taking wedding photos was an absolute process because, and don't laugh at me when I say this, because he did not practice what his smiles look like in the mirror. So all of our wedding portraits look ridiculous because he was tired of smiling and his cheeks were like, his mouth was doing something stupid and he's not smiling. He thinks he was smiling, but he's not smiling. So every time I suggest we take nice photos, she's like, oh, no, we can't. Nah, 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 nah. And then I suggest what clothing he should wear. He always wants to wear something with like a gigantic logo on it and look ridiculous. And it's just, it doesn't work. So thank you to our snowshoe guide, Michael, for taking this lovely picture of us at, you know, the end of this trail with mountains in the background. Very holiday, very lovely. There is joy in the photo. And we don't have to pressure Paul to take a professional picture. I still might though, because it's our five-year anniversary this year. And we like maybe need some like updated pictures of us. Maybe. Anyway, so that was our first official day. Our second official day, we went snowmobiling. And before you think like, oh God, you must have crashed a snowmobile. I didn't even drive. I was simply a passenger on my husband's snowmobile, which I think is the preferred snowmobile transportation. If you're someone like me, 
we went, we used a company called Nova Guides, which if you're ever in, I don't know what mountain it is or like if there's different, this was all very unclear to me because I feel like the people I know from Colorado talk about certain places, like they're mountains, but then everything sometimes is on the same piece of land. I don't know. Anyway, if you go to Vail Beaver Creek, wherever close to there, um, we use Nova Guides and they base out of the White River National Forest and it's gorgeous. It's so beautiful. So we go, we pay our fee, we sign our waivers, which their waiver, I actually read it because it was saying a lot of things. Their waiver was all inclusive to like all the services they provide. So I'm reading through this and it's like possible, you know, bodily injury, harm, la la la, fish hook impalement. I'm like, when the fuck would I get impaled with a fish hook on a snowmobile? What? But evidently they offer fishing in the summer. (laughs) So... That's, that's why that's in their waiver. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Anyway, I signed it. So I was like, you just signed my life away. The guy, when we put our waivers in, he's like, do you want to opt for the insurance? And I was like, no. And they gave us this whole spiel about how um, snowmobiles cost $10,000 and however long they're out of the shop, we pay for it and this and that. And I was like, oh shit. Good thing I'm not driving. And Paul was like, I can handle it. Okay, whatever. So we put all of our stuff on and we get on these snowmobiles. And I'm sitting behind Paul. And if you've ever been on a snowmobile, it's sort of like a jet ski in like the way like you sit directly behind the person. But on the snowmobile, I wouldn't have held on to Paul. I held on to these two handles like that were like hip level when I was sitting. So like if your hands are resting against you, there's what that's where the handles are. So we get ready. The guy gives us this little spiel on how to turn on and drive the snowmobiles that's it we got like a two-minute explanation and that was it like i don't even think he asked for driver's licenses which doesn't matter but like very minimal very very minimal but then there was all this pressure not to crash it i was like you know there might like we might have to like do more so we start driving and we're driving at a glacial pace which is wonderful for me (laughs) I'm like, this is such a wonderful ride back here. And my hand grips are heated. It's just really nice. And we get to this um, like old concrete building. And as it turns out, this national forest used to be a military training center, I guess, during World War II when the army was preparing for war, like on American soil. They thought we would have to, you know, have combat in the Rockies. So they trained the mountaineers trained and all that. Our tour guide, John, who was great, by the way, um, told us much more in-depth things, but you'll find out why I forgot most of it at the end of this story. So we stopped at these military, not barracks, maybe they were, military something. And basically it was a big circle and we like practiced driving. So Paul practiced his turning. He practiced his straightaways. He would always accelerate on the straightaway, which like, of course he is. And he's like, you doing okay? I'm like, I'm just sitting here. I'm fine. Like, don't do anything stupid. So then we start our tour and it's three hours long. And in my head, (laughs) in my head, I kept saying a three hour tour, like Gilligan's Island. I'm like, I shouldn't say that. Like something, something happened on Gilligan's Island. They were, you know, on an island stuck. So we go through this forest and it's stunning. It's like every winter scene with the big trees and the snow and the, you know, animal tracks 
that are probably elk or moose. I never saw any like paw prints, so like not mountain lions, I think. But it's it's so pretty. And as we get higher and higher, you see more mountains and more it's it's gorgeous. I really do recommend this trip if you are brave enough to drive a snowmobile or brave enough to be a passenger. It's it was gorgeous. So we stop at this like plateau ridge place and we're learning about we are facing the top of a ridge it's called machine gun ridge and our tour guide's telling us about it all this stuff they apparently the people of the military the army who were there would hike from where we started snowmobiling to where we stopped to learn about this stuff and then like practice their combat up there like to get like practice with the altitude and all that stuff which is kind of wild Props to our army vets, man, in that section of the military, because that's that's intense. And then we hear other snowmobiles. I'm like, oh, is it another tour? No, it's people backcountry snowboarding and skiing on the mountains back there, which I don't ski at baseline. Baseline, I don't ski. I'm afraid of the ski lift because I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid of heights, so mountains are a little iffy anyway. And I just don't want to hurt myself. So, like, people backcountry anything is, like, kind of wild. So, we watch these snowmobilers tow the snowboarder or skier up the mountain. And then the snowmobilers, like, they're a pair of people. They come back down and they wait, like, where we were sitting. And our um, instructor was like, oh, yeah, I backcountry snowboard. I'm like, of course you do. Like, of course you do. Like, you're so chill and have no fear whatsoever. And he was like, yeah, the snowmobiler always has to have eyes on the snowboarder or skier in case they start an avalanche. It has a higher probability that they'll find them. And I was like, what? I don't do anything in life that would make people think that like something bad was going to happen like that. Like I don't start my day thinking I might start an avalanche today. You know, like that is so wild. So I'm like, wow, that's a true concern. And then what? What if he does start an avalanche? What What do you do? Do you have a radio? Do you call somebody? Do you, do you have a shovel? Do you dig them out? He didn't answer my questions. Then he went on to say like he wants to start an avalanche. I'm like, I need to know the size of this snow. But he didn't, he didn't tell me. Which I was like, okay, like that's fine. But like if I ever come back here, you're going to tell me more. Because, like, I, I must know. So we're learning about this machine gun ridge. We're at about 11,500 feet of elevation. I'm doing okay. Like, I can breathe. And I'm not driving. So, like, I'm not anything. And he's like, okay. Let's get back on the snowmobiles. And we always followed him in, like, a single file line. He starts driving up this ridge. So I was like, we're, we're going up this up to this ridge. Up, we're going. Okay. So I'm a passenger again. I'm not strapped in. Like I could have jumped off, but I didn't. So we get to like 12,000 feet. No, probably higher than that. Let's say it was 12.2. And we all park. And he's like, okay, whoever wants to go to the top, we're walking from here. And Paul's like, let's go, kid. And I'm like, but, but, but. And he's like, no, turn around, start walking. Some people did not opt to go. Some people didn't. Here's me wanting to be brave, wanting to face my fears, not wanting to embarrass my husband. Not that he would have embarrassed me, but like, you know, whatever. So I slowly, slowly walked to the top. So slowly that John was like, 
you want a snowmobile up there with me? And I was like, no, I'm fine. I just snowshoed yesterday (laughs) and I know my limits. (laughs) So I get to the top and it is truly beautiful. It is absolutely stunning. And like I saw mountain ranges galore, the tons of beautiful views and everything. I posted a few pictures, but they weren't, you know, I mean, I didn't have a great camera. Oh, Paul had the audacity to be like, we should have brought a really nice camera. And you expect me to bring a camera of that magnitude up a mountain and be able to use it? What? No. Anyway, so we're up there. I'm in a full panic. We are at 12,500 feet. We are at the top of a ridge on a mountain. It's high. It's really windy. It's really cold. I can't feel my feet. I don't know if it's my anxiety or the actual cold, but I am like stone. I am not moving. My feet are planted and I can't even turn around. I know I'm on solid ground. So like it's, it's, it's weird to call it a heights problem, but it was absolutely a heights problem. Anyway. So John's telling us all about the mountain ranges and the native people who named the mountains and what they're called and all of these different things. Great information. We can see Vale. We can see Beaver Creek. We can see all the stuff. And then he pulls out this like metal measure thing and he like fans it out and it's like really long, like stick. And he jams it into the ground. And he's like, this is how deep the snow is here. And then he like reaches like two feet the other way. Maybe not, maybe five feet. And he's like, and the stick goes like into the whole thing goes into the snow. He goes, this is a cornice. I'm like, what's a cornice? A cornice is an overhang of snow that is so like thick and like so many feet of snow have like developed this cornice that it looks like landmass, but it's not landmass. It's like an overhang of snow that looks like land. And it's it's indiscernible sometimes. He said some people have come up here and stepped on cornices thinking that they're land and they have fallen off the side. Why the fuck would he tell me that at that moment? I could have lived my entire life not knowing that. (laughs) And then as he's telling us about the cornices, these two guys who aren't with us come up the mountain and start walking past us. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he looked at them and goes, you may not want to go very far. And I was like, oh my God, am I going to watch people fall off the mountain today? Oh my God. Like someone alert, someone alert someone. We have a problem, but they, they respected what John said. And then, you know, we took pictures. I was very hesitant to even move, but I took my phone out of my pocket and Paul was like, get your phone out and take a picture. Like you're going to regret it. And he's right. I would have regretted it. But like, man, my, I don't look happy in my picture and thank God. Cause like, you can't really see my face. Cause I got my ski goggles on and my helmet. It's so, like, all you really see is like two heads. We look like dead mouse, but, <laughs> but I, it's fine. Shout out to John, my instructor, who took the picture in portrait mode and in a wide angle lens. You're the real MVP. You are the real MVP. Anyway, so he's like, all right, let's go back down. Let's meet the rest of the group. Which I am braver than the rest of the group who did not go up the the mountain. I am braver than those people. And I'm not shaming them. I totally get it. But I have that memory and they don't. So be that what it is. Anywho. I was the last person off the mountain because it was very cold, very slippery. And I guess there's some sort of like phenomenon when like 
there's a shadow on the snow. It more turns like to ice, you know? So like going up, it was crunchy, but going down, it like a little slippery. I don't know the weather mechanics of it, but like, I'm sure there, there's like real science behind it. Anyway, I was taking the smallest steps known to man. So small, in fact, that everyone made it down and I was still only about halfway down. Paul fucking left me at the top and like booked it back to our snowmobile. And he turns around and sees me and he's like, doesn't do anything. And then some other guy who was closer to me, like started walking up towards me. I was like, no, I'm fine. Thank you. I just need to take it really slow. And then Paul like ran to meet me. And he was like, I thought you were right behind me. On what planet am I right behind you? Coming down a mountain at the haste of which you did. That is an impossibility. Who do you think you married? You don't marry someone who is fearless. You married someone who's absolutely full of fear. That is me, this person standing in front of you, shaking at the snowmobile. So we got back on our snowmobiles, went back down to that other like plateau ridge place where you watch the snowmobilers, learned more things. And then we started heading back down. And my, my anxiety didn't come down for like another hour and a half. The guy was like, oh my God. <sighs> but I did it. I did it, you guys. And for those of you who have listened to my, um, uh, what was that episode called? The episode post Thanksgiving break when we went to the Giants game, you know my fear of heights. So just please know that I used all my courage and I wasn't drunk at all. There was no alcohol to help me. I couldn't imagine drinking in the morning because I was so winded even putting my snow pants on from the altitude. Like, could you imagine? Oh my God. Anyway, so we get back to Nova Guides' like headquarters. It's a little cabin, it's very cute. Um, and they have this wall of fame, like all the famous, famous people that have, um, done tours, you guys, Kim and Courtney were once on this tour with John. He said, yeah, they were here. They were great. La la la. And I was like, yo, I got to know more. And Kanye was there too. And he said, Kanye was a dick. And I was like, I know Kanye's a dick, obviously. And he like totally substantiated my theory. And I was like, oh. John, you're the best person I've met this week. Like this, you, thank you. You are great. So like not to brag or anything, but like I was somewhere Kim and Courtney were. And I just, I keep thinking like, I should have asked him the logistics of their snowmobile ride. Like were they passengers with professionals? Did they drive themselves? Did they go to Machine Gun Ridge? Did Courtney judge Kim the whole time? I, I have to know. If you've ever watched the Kardashians, uh, the, Earlier seasons when she's engaged to Chris Humphreys and she loses her earring, Kim loses her earring in the ocean and Courtney goes, Kim, people are dying. I kept thinking about that. (laughs) And I don't know why, but I just foresee that like Courtney could have done it. And Kim was like, nah, this isn't my speed. (laughs) I should have asked, but I forgot. I was just very stressed. Uh, The next day I did not ski. Paul skied. And then I just edited last week's pod. Thank you, Kara, for coming on. And then the rest of our time was very chill. Yeah, it just, th- honestly, it was probably better that like I got all my activity out in the first few days and I could just like rest and sleep and like be the homebody I am, but in, in a hotel. I love that. I love like waking up and like making expensive coffee. We ordered room service one morning. Oh, it was a premium. And like, I just, I, I really do enjoy just like, drinking a hot beverage and like looking at the snow. That's my apres. That's my apres ski. Yes, it is. I, yeah, we had a great time. It was wonderful. 
Um, on the flight back, Paul got upgraded and left me in coach. Figures. Now you're going to argue like, well, you got upgraded last time. Well, yes, but his upgrade was for the longer flight. And, and he got a meal where I didn't get a meal on my flight. Maybe I couldn't even have eaten it. That's not the point. So like his, his upgrade was better. That's all. That's all on that. But it was a great trip. It was nice to, nice to start the year with the vacay. Now I'm, you know, full blown back to work, working OT, all that great stuff. I work tomorrow and the next day. Hopefully it'll be better. Knock on wood. Um, I'm very aware of this, of what I do during the pod. I sometimes click a pen compulsively and I think you can hear it. It's like, I'm very sorry, but I, I feel as if I speak better when I like am doing or touching something. I don't know what that says about my psychology, but I often have a pen in my hand, mostly because my podcast notebook is right here and I write little things to myself. Like when I have to have corrections or like research something and come back. That's what I do. Okay. So pop culture updates. So much has happened. So like, even when we were on vacation, I feel like so much happened. Let me pull up my Instagram here. Cause you know, Instagram is the news. Oh, I follow E! News and Variety and you know, all the people that that's not COVID by the way, my sniffle, it's just allergies. I think, you know what though, when I was in Colorado, my sniffles were bad. I do think it was the altitude, like something going on with like the moisture in my face and like the wind and the cold. It just, you, you know what I'm saying? A lot of you live in cold states. You know what I mean? Okay. First up, let me pay my respects to Bob Saget who died at the age of 65. He was truly America's dad. So unexpected. So awful. He was found in his Orlando hotel room. Laying on laying on his back with his left hand over his chest. The doctor says that he died in his sleep, either of a stroke or a heart attack. I don't think they did an autopsy. They recently had his funeral a few days ago. I don't think that, you know, his family really wanted all the answers, but um, may he rest in peace. He was so loved and he loved so many people. I watched a... Um, something with John Mayer, something that was on social. He, he either uploaded it or someone uploaded it of him. And he was, he had picked up Bob's car from the airport as like a last favor to him for Kelly, his wife. And they were talking about him. And I know that people are remembered very well in death, but like it seemed that he loved people so much and everyone loved, he was just such a beloved person. And I think, you know, when you look at your, well, look at someone's legacy. If you want to look at your own legacy, I think that's what most people would want is for people to talk about them only with admiration and respect and love. And that's what people did for him. And I think that's beautiful. Um, I follow Candace Cameron Bray on Instagram and obviously he was like her second dad and it's just extremely, extremely sad. But um, so his family and his TV family and everyone are, in our thoughts and prayers. And, you know, if, if there are answers to his death, I hope maybe they stay private because we don't have to know everything. I know his, um, 911 call was released and quite frankly, like, I don't know why we have to listen to that. I don't know why that's something that's released. It seems unnecessary. Like I realize there's always an investigation into when someone dies and stuff like that, but why is this being shared with the public? 
I don't know. It just, it seems, it seems very just inappropriate to me. So I didn't listen to it. I didn't, you know, entertain that, but I just, anyway, so rest in peace, Bob. Um, let's see, moving on. So Kanye, okay. Kanye West, when I was on with Anna, we discussed how he recently purchased the home across the street from Kim. So apparently, and we said basically it was like grandma house, which sorry to the people of Beverly Hills who disagree, but it kind of was. He plans to knock the house down and build another one. So that's why it's probably a steal of a deal of a house. Secondly, Kim did not know. And she's absolutely furious. But like, duh. Like, hello. You don't respect me enough. You you want me back. You cry for me to come back to you. You want me back and you don't respect me enough to tell me that you're moving across the street. Even if it's for the kids. That's bullshit. Sorry. Um, she's gallivanting her all around world, Pete Davidson. I still do not buy this relationship at all. I'm sorry I don't. I don't buy it. It's not my life. It's not my relationship, but I just don't, I don't buy it. It's so bizarre. He is not her Prince Charming. I'm sorry. He's not. He isn't. He is not. There, I said it. Apparently in a new song, Kanye saying he's going to beat the crap out of Pete Davidson. Which I don't think Kanye could beat the crap out of anybody. But again, not my fight. I just disagree. So like Kanye spiraling and he's also dating some sort of, podcaster actress person right now and they're freaking everywhere like making out in hotels and you still say you want Kim back what the hell are you doing doesn't make any sense I don't know he's weird we all know he's weird it's it is what it is he's also gonna headline Coachella which like good for you that's great I'm not attending Coachella but anyway Kanye what the heck ever all right moving on to very happy news I see. I dropped my pen. You probably heard it. Oh God. So annoying. Okay. The Duchess of Cambridge has turned 40 and her, they released three photos, which are to represent the past, present and future of the British monarchy. And all the photos are so stunningly beautiful. I just, they're, they're gorgeous. There's nods to Queen Victoria. There's nods to Queen Elizabeth. There's nods to Princess Margaret. There's nods to Diana impeccably impeccably done if you haven't seen these photos go to the royal family's instagram at the royal family or at duke and duchess of cambridge on instagram i'll upload them too they're they're beautiful the one of her in the red dress which everything was by alexander mcqueen god bless um well actually house of mcqueen it's sarah burton because alexander mcqueen is dead not the point um she has her hand in a pocket. I'm like, God, that is so fresh and like just casual yet elegant and polished, but simple, be- just beautiful. Just, just beautiful. I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah. Kate's 40. That's cool. I'm not going to take it as well as she did. She's a princess. So like makes a difference, but no, I don't think so. I don't know. I have over eight years to figure it out years to figure out my <laughs> my uh my quest to not age it's not working that's okay <laughs> uh what else is on this list okay machine gun kelly and megan fox are engaged they got engaged under the same tree that they started dating under i guess i don't know 
He proposed to her, got down on one knee, very beautiful. Her ring is simply stunning. Simply stunning. So it's two bands. It's actually two rings, but the diamonds kind of like form together. So there's a pear-shaped diamond and there's a pear-shaped emerald, which is her birthstone and his birthstone. And they like come together. And apparently the rings are magnetic. So they like literally like stick together. It's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I, I don't like totally jive with the two stone ring look. I think you have to be of particular style and person. And I don't, I feel like it's very trendy. I don't know that it's like classic, but again, not my finger, whatever. It's my favorite of the two stone rings. It's beautiful. It's so pretty. I'll put a picture of it up on, um, on the gram. It's really cool. And apparently Machine Gun Kelly said it has thorns on it. So she tries to take it off. It'll hurt. But they both like say they drink each other's blood and shit. So like maybe it's a ploy to drink each other's blood. No, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Good for them. Mazel tov. Happy for you. Um, no plans on the wedding. No plans on like if maybe they'll get married on Halloween. Ooh, I just thought about that. Mm. That would be so on brand for them to get married on like a spooky holiday. Or like, is there like a National Vampires Day? Because they would probably do that too. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Let's see here. Oh, God. This story really irritates me. Jake Gyllenhaal recently did an interview for W Magazine for his new movie, The Guilty, which is a good movie. It's on Netflix if you haven't watched it. He is photographed wearing a red shirt and wearing red heart sunglasses akin to those that Taylor wore in her 22 music video, Red Era, which you don't need me to tell you again that the Red Era is about Jake Gyllenhaal. Allegedly, the title of this article, previous to it being changed because it was changed, was Red Jake's version. No. No. I do not accept this is not a flex This is not a power move. You don't get a Jake's version. You don't get one. You are an asshole. If you need more context, please listen to my episode entitled Third where I discuss the Red Album, Taylor's version. Jake Gyllenhaal gets nothing. There's a reason they changed the title of this article. I don't know what it's titled now. Some person at W Magazine had to fix it because they knew the backlash. This is crazy. No one likes him more. You are not more attractive after this article comes out because you are poking at Taylor. No one wants you to poke at Taylor any more than you've already poked. You've been an asshole. This is, this is so wrong. I think he has a death wish or something. He must be like, oh yeah, I'm just looking at this straight in the face, taking all my haters. No, 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 no. We don't like you. We don't like you. We're not going to like you. We're going to continue to not like you probably forever. We're unsure. We're not sure. We is in the Swifties. I'm, I'm speaking for everyone when I say like whoever his PR person is, is working overtime. I think he needs a crisis management team. This is not good. This is not good at all. I, I don't, I do not know his thinking. It's very silly. I'm just befuddled. Truly. Okay, next story is a bit sad, 
of news, Tiffany Haddish was arrested for a DUI um, in Georgia, I believe. And this is just very unfortunate because something like this should never happen. She has the means and one would assume the wherewithal to like get an Uber, get a car. Don't drink if you know you have to drive. Um, I, I just, I don't see why this is, you know, why this had to happen. Um, I'm thankful she didn't injure anybody. I'm thankful she didn't injure herself. I, I just, for someone who has so many opportunities and so much ability of means to have this be avoided, this should be avoided, you know? And I guess her explanation, I don't want to use the word excuse. Her explanation was the fact that she's had a lot of, you know, trauma and death and sadness in her life lately, but that's not, I can understand that being an excuse to use substances. It's not an excuse to drive. I'm sad. I had this happen in my life, but I'm going to drink and then I'm going to get behind a, behind the wheel. No, that doesn't make sense. So I don't know the rules in um, Georgia where she was arrested. I don't know if she needs to do community service or, you know, passing on her record or whatever it is. I think in a lot of states, you can get up to three DUIs before you go to prison. To my, the best of my knowledge, is her first offense, hopefully an only offense. Um, but this should not be, hopefully they don't ignore it. Hopefully they, you know, justice will be served for Tiffany Haddish and she learns her lesson because this is very serious and we do not condone John driving at 32 podcast. Get a fucking Uber, get a car, have a DD, get a driver, walk. Like, you know, there's, there's other ways to not have a DUI. The first is don't get in the car. Like, that's the very first. Have someone take your keys. What happened to that bowl of keys people used to collect? You know, don't drive. Stay where you are until you're sober. And if you drink that much, you're not going to be sober. After a certain amount of time, get a hotel room. You're Like, she's rich. I'm sorry. Like, there's no excuse. There's no excuse for this. Anyway, moving on. These next two stories are royal news. And I did not include them with my Duchess of Cambridge happy birthday segment because they don't deserve to be included with her. But the first one is Prince Andrew. The royal family has spoken regarding his lawsuit in the U.S. He is going to be in a civil suit in the United States regarding um, sexual misconduct of a once 17-year-old girl. A judge recently said that he will be sued in the U.S., and the queen basically came out like on the royal family Instagram. Let me pull it up and let me read it to you. Because like the royal family never speaks. They never talk about this. With the queen's approval and agreement, the Duke of York's military affiliations and royal patronages have been returned to the queen. The Duke of York will continue not to undertake any public duties and is defending his case as a private citizen. Okay. In the beginning of, it was either the end of 19 or 2020. It had to be. 19 Prince Andrew did that interview with BBC that he hoped would clear his name. That was the whole thing where he was like, I, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. Like he was again, very Bill Clinton. Like I didn't do it. I didn't do it, but he did it. There's a picture of him with this girl, whatever. Me and Anna talked about it. Um, after that interview, the queen stripped him of his money 
and a lot of his military affiliations and a lot of his patronages. He's essentially been a private citizen since then, but this is the formal undoing of all of his things, everything, his commitment to the Royal Navy, his, all of his, everything is gone. She's basically saying to the, to their kingdom, to the world, I am, I have stripped him of all the things and he is done. He is defending it privately by himself, like literally by himself. So all of the, um, let me quickly explain. If you're a royal and you have certain, I think it's patronages or is it patronages? I think it's pa- like, cause you're a patron of the thing, patronages, whatever. Um, you have affiliations with charities, groups, royal um, institutions, and you are basically like the royal for that person. So like if the Kate Middleton is patron of um, Wimbledon tennis, so she goes to Wimbledon every year. She's um, a patron of the Royal Tennis Club, whatever they call it. Um, Prince William is head patron of the Football Association in England, stuff like that. So he was stripped of all of his affiliations with all of his patronages, with um, stripped of everything. He's had no financial help from the Queen since that interview. And, you know, it's, it's just a mess. He's a mess, but she's basically like, you're on your own kid. Like you literally royally fucked up and you get to be by yourself. And, you know, it's so unfortunate to me that Prince Philip had to live the last years of his life with this bullshit. I'm not saying the assault is bullshit. I'm not, I'm saying his son being, a flailing idiot on the news. And first of all, not telling the truth, not, you know, handling something with, first of all, privacy and dignity and respect, just like flailing your idiocy on the news. And then to, you know, have to do all this crap. Like he had to live the last years of his life like that, watching this. And allegedly, Andrew is the queen's favorite child. Not possibly anymore. If you watch The Crown, they do this whole thing like Andrew's her favorite, which probably I can believe because like Charles is no one's favorite. Anne was Philip's favorite. And then Edward is just, you know, the little brother. Like I, I, I understand back then. Now I don't understand anything. So he's out on his own. The queen has said goodbye. And it's just so like, God, you are such a piece of shit. He's had two grandchildren come into the world this year, in the last year. His children are married. And like, this is the stain on your children's lives. And even your, so Sarah Ferguson, his ex-wife, um, still lives with him. They got divorced because the whole like scandal when he was out with the Royal Navy, probably cheating on her. She was cheating on him and someone caught her in the public and they got divorced. But they still love each other. They still live together and whatever. Like, that's their relationship. That's fine. Sarah Ferguson's out in the world doing great things. His actions are a stain on everything. A stain. And how do you live your life with that? When your dad, who was a literal prince and you're a literal princess, did something so colossally horrible. And it just, it ruins your, it ruins your life. It ruins everything. I don't get it. This is just, ugh. But he will have to come to the U.S. to defend himself, which I don't know how he's even going to defend himself. So that'll be quite interesting. My next story is about Harry. Oh, God. Okay. 
So the Queen's Jubilees this year should be on the throne for 70 years. February 6th is the official date of her Jubilee. The celebrations are in June. Um, But Prince Harry was denied a request to pay for police protection while in the UK. Since he and Meghan are no longer working, the keyword is working, senior royals, they don't get security when they go back to the UK. Harry said, basically, like, can I pay for this? And the military police denied his request. That's the current news, is that they've denied his request. So basically, he's saying, my family will not be safe, and we can't come back to the UK. On one hand, I understand. On the other, I understand his reasoning for not feeling safe. I get it. You and your wife are arguably the most famous people in the world who are never seen frequently in public. Your children are never seen. I understand. Like it's a, it's a big spectacle when, you know, you go to grannies. I, I totally get it. But also you are a, you, you are a private citizen and they have the right to say no. But unfortunately now he's saying we're not going to come back to the UK ever if this is how it's going to be. And you're going to miss her 70th Jubilee. What? I don't, I don't know if they don't, if they don't show up, it's the biggest F you to the queen. I'm sorry. It is. I'm sorry. It is. If, if you don't show your face at her Jubilee celebration with the whole family, probably Andrew's going to be there. And he's, you know, a colossal piece of shit, as previously mentioned. How is that going to go? How is that going to work? I can't. I don't know. I'm so interested to see if they go. If if, And if just Harry goes, it's not enough. I'm sorry. Megan has to go, too. You don't get, and this is in previous episodes, um, back in November, what I'm going to mention. You don't get to cold call senators and say you're the Duchess of Sussex and then not go to the Queen's Jubilee. You don't get to use your royal standing in one country for political gain in another and not support the queen, of which you say you still support. BS. Global BS. Royal BS. All the way around. You heard it here first. Oh, God. They really take it out of me, those two. It's just... And, like, again, I don't know them. I don't hate them. But you have to think at a certain point, like, that you're they're trying to look at their image and their image is not great. You look like whiny babies most of the time. There, I said it. Sorry if I offended you. Not really though. I'm not really that sorry. Okay. Um, I have one more e-news story and then I have some post stories. So I'm going to briefly, briefly, briefly talk about what's going on with Brittany and Jamie Lynn Spears. Only because I don't want to get lost in tangents, which I know you guys don't want from me either. Essentially, Jamie Lynn Spears wrote a book recounting her experiences that include much of Britney's um, young adult life with her conservatorship and with her everything. Britney doesn't want the book out. She thinks it's, you know, slanderous, her saying all this stuff about her and her life and having an opinion and Jamie Lynn says in the book, like, I wasn't aware enough or um, 
old enough to understand what was going on. And Brittany's basically like, that's a cop out. It's bullshit. Since that book, there's been press about this book and each thing that comes out about this book and each press thing she does, she digs a hole deeper and deeper for which Brittany's like, you are a crappy sister. And I believe what's going on now is that Jamie Lynn's trying to get out of this hole and she can't. And since Brittany was silenced for so long, there is speculation that maybe Jamie Lynn's camp thought that this book would come out and Brittany couldn't talk about it. But now that she's not under conservatorship anymore, she can talk about it. But it's clear in the book that she basically tries to say, like, I love my sister, but I didn't know what was going on. And that's entirely untrue. We all know that's untrue. Excuse me. We all know it's untrue. So that's just, yep, that's, if we all knew what was going on and we're not her biological sister, like, please, please, come on. Anyway, um, my last story, or no, I have two more, two more stories. I, my arm was covering up one of the things. So there was a bride on TikTok that recently went viral. She's from Australia. She went out last month to a bunch of clubs and shared drinks with people to try to get COVID so it didn't ruin her wedding. Her wedding's on February 5th. I researched her TikTok up and down. The video that was up was taken down. There's no hints as to whether or not she ever got COVID. I think she like didn't realize that this would be like, you know, actual news. But I kind of respect her decision-making. Hear me out. Hear me out. I have planned a wedding. I didn't plan a wedding during a pandemic, after a pandemic, whatever. But I planned a wedding for a year. Three weeks beforehand was a colossal Category 4 hurricane that messed with a lot of my plans. My, my wedding ended up happening, and it was beautiful and wonderful and lovely. But, like, that three weeks was enough. I can't imagine being someone like Kara, who's planning a wedding for three years almost. And then now it's like, I can get COVID at any point and it's going to ruin my day. Hell no. I'm going to have someone, you know, speak very close to me, share drinks, hopefully not actually swap spit, but like, oh, it's your life, girl. And I'm going to head it off at the pass. And I can respect that. I really can. I can respect it. I don't know that I would have done it like that, but I can respect this because I want her wedding to go off without a hitch too. I want everyone's wedding to go off without a hitch. And you know, it's just, there's so many things against people now these days, like lockdowns and um, mandates or vaccine cards or no matter where you stand, like those are obstacles. Those are obstacles to get to an event or to host an event or to be able to attend an event. Like it's, it, it's not how it used to be. It's not just like RSVP and go, you know? So I, I can respect this decision-making. I can. Her wedding's on February 5th. I will let you know. I now follow her on TikTok. So I will let you know if she gets married. Which like, it's kind of funny because the pictures that were posted like on this article, like kind of look like a little thoughty. Like she's like really close to like, different men and like I don't know if it's a bachelorette party or what but like 
if I was her fiance, I'm just saying I wouldn't be so thrilled. But hopefully he knows who he's mar- who he is marrying. Not like my husband who leaves me at the top of a mountain and expects me to come down by myself. Ridiculous. My last story is just a little bit of happy Bravo news, which I love. I love happy Bravo news. If you watch Summer House, Lindsay Hubbard and Carl Radke are officially dating. And if you have watched Summer House since the beginning, you know that they have had like this like, oh, we're best friends. Sometimes they go on dates season. What season was it? Four. They like tried dating and it didn't work out. But that's not when Carl was sober. Now Carl is sober. And first of all, so hot. Oh, my God. Um, But he's got like his head on straight now. And they're both making good decisions. And they just love each other. Oh, my God. They love each other. He was on Watch What Happens Live. And he basically like almost cried talking about her. It was so beautiful. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. But Bravo fans have been waiting for this for a long time. And now we have it. So hopefully they stay together. Hopefully they'll get married and have little, you know, Lindsay Carl babies. That'd be cool, right? Not about love on this pod. I know there was a lot of like negative updates today, but truly I'm all about love. I think you all know that. So that's my pop culture updates. Let's see. Let's do a little rundown. Kanye, it's just being Kanye. RIP Bob Saget. Kate Middleton turned 40. She's beautiful. Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox are engaged. I hope they get so people of the pop culture world call them me gun, like as like a name wombo, like Benifer, you know. I saw this tweet. I really someone said, I really hope she changes her name to Megan Gun Kelly. And shit, I hope I hope she does too. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Anyway, they're engaged. Good for you. Jake Gyllenhaal lost his mind. Tiffany Haddish got arrested for a DUI. Prince Andrew is a mess. Prince Harry. Someone told him no and he's upset. Um, the Spears sisters have drama. There's a COVID bride that does wants to get COVID before her wedding. Girl, I can get with that. And then Lindsay and Carlo together. That is the last two weeks. There's other stuff too that happened. Little, you know, stories here and there that maybe I'll mention another time. But there's a lot of pop culture going on, you guys. A lot of things. People took a break. I told you they were going to take a break at Christmas and come back with a vengeance, and they sure did. They sure did. Yeah. I hate taking a pause because you're like, oh, so much dead space. Oh, so irritating. What happened? Did she cut out? Did she leave? Is it over? Please. You know I'm just taking a breath. You know that, right? (laughs) I still don't get water breaks in this pub when I'm by myself, but no one was available this week. If you want to be on the pod, let me know. I would love to have you. Um, oh, one final thing that I have a note on. I have continued to watch the Sex and the City reboot, and it is still absolute trash. It's horrible. Who wants this? I don't know who wants this. The whole thing with Miranda, Miranda's whole character is complete bullshit. She did not go to the Brooklyn Bridge and work so hard to save her marriage for this crap to be happening. Spoiler alert. There's crap happening. Carrie's whole spoiler alert thing with like her hip and buying a new house. And this, it's all crap. I'm sorry. Who? No one wants this. This is not the path of these characters. And I stand by that. This is not the path of these characters when 
the first movie ended, well, how many years ago was that? 14 years ago. And it's certainly not the path when the second movie ended. No, it is not. I don't know who, what kind of woke asshole is writing this show, but no one wants this. This is not a show about three friends who progress in their lives in their fifties together. This show is garbage. Anyway, I have to watch it to know what happens just to, so I, I know. So I know how mad I can be about it. I'm also watching Yellowstone, which like, if you don't, you have to start because you're going to fall in love with Rip. He's beautiful. Oh my God. Oh my God. I never had a cowboy thing, but like mm, for him, I do. For him, I totally do. And I started watching the morning show on the plane and the show is exceptional. Truly, truly exceptional. And I, I just have one question for those of you who watched it. Does every episode make you think of Matt Lauer? Because every episode I sit through, I'm like, God, is this like a recounting what happened with Matt Lauer? You know, he was fired from the Today Show for all these sexual misconduct allegations, which I believe, obviously, because he's a pig. But every I sit down, I'm like, God, is this like what he did? Like, does someone on the inside know Matt Lauer? Does Matt Lauer watch the show? I just have a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Uh, most will go unanswered, obviously. But I, yeah, it's because you think this is out there. And you think someone has been like, hey, this kind of resembles what you went through or are going through. Not that we care. Like, we have no sympathy for you, you pig. But anyway, (sighs) that's the show. As chaotic as it is when I'm alone. But that's okay. Thank you so much for listening to the 32 podcast. If you would be so kind as to leave me a five-star review on Spotify and Apple and Google, please do so. Please leave a review. If you liked what you heard, and if you didn't like what you heard, continue to leave a review, but tell me how I can improve. Email me at 32pod at gmail.com, Instagram at 32pod, TikTok at 32pod. Please share the show on stories or posts. It helps my um, exposure, my engagement. Um, Advertising is really expensive, so I really need your guys' help. Please share the show with someone that you love, someone who you think I would love, or someone who you think would love me. I still want to grow. I still have got podcast goals this year. I am hoping to reach them. We are currently at $7.91, which is pretty cool. But after I paid for my theme song, we're like in more of a net negative. So we're, we're, we got some work to do, but we'll be okay. Anyway, that's all for me today. I will see you next week. Um, stay tuned for Nurse Nuggets, which will be released today as well. Nurse Nugget number two and Nurse Nugget number three. And remember, it's never too rude to have 32. Bye.